Do y'all like weird stuff? How about mysterious stuff? Are you a skeptic? Or a believer? Want to hear the legend? And the facts? And the lore? And the science? And the myth? And the theories? Come on down to None of This Is Real. The podcast for all things mysterious and weird. With us, Doomsday Demini. And Sarah Sinkhole. Lifelong friends who have spent years poking their fingers through the veil. All while making each other laugh till it hurts. Find us on all the major podcast <laughs> platforms and social media. That's None of This Is Real, the podcast. You don't have to believe any of this but you do have to believe on yourself believe all over yourself warning this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience discretion is advised going live in five four what does live mean uh Welcome to Just Conversation, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm host Christina. And I'm Jack. And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button to get notified the second new episodes are released. Yes, and also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner, so be sure to find somebody to pull nice and close and get ready to listen to some exciting, woke teachings from the spirit realm. From the spirit realm. We're in the spirit realm now. Sure. When did that happen? In our excavation. We've been looking, researching, doing things, and now we're reporting from the spirit realm. Because I've decided so. What? Did you send us here? Yes, with my mind. With your mind? With the power of imagination. Amazing. Amazing. So, you remember that time a few months ago where we talked about the moon on the Halloween episode? Right, what about it? Um, that the full moons had names, and I mentioned two of them, the Harvest Moon and the, what's the other one? The Harvest Moon and the Hunter's Moon. Well, I want to talk about the other names, because they all have names. Right, what are the names? This month, the moon will be called the Worm Moon. The full moon will be called the Worm Moon for this month, because worms begin to appear. Worms begin to appear? Yes, because they've been hibernating, I guess. Worms hibernate. I'm assuming, yes. <laughs> they hide from the cold <laughs> the whole time, and now it's time for them to come out and do wormy stuff out here. I don't know why they would pop out. Why would they pop out? I don't know. I don't think they get anything from over the dirt. They want to be eaten by birds. They're making a sacrifice to their bird gods. Could be. Can you imagine? Probably. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, what reason do they have? But yes, they they come out. And next month is the pink moon because there's flowers, pink flowers on the ground. Not just, I mean, there's other flowers, but they pop up in May. That's why May is the flower moon. But I'm definitely positive that other flowers come out in... uh... The pink moon? Yeah. But I bet pink flowers are more often. I don't know how they came up with that. Like... Maybe the the pink flowers probably disappear by the time the flower moon appears. Like, there's no pink flowers in May. No, May? there's definitely pink flowers throughout the whole year. Throughout the whole year? Yeah, there's pink flowers everywhere. In winter? Well, when there's flowers, there's pink flowers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in June is the strawberry moon, because the strawberries are ready to be picked and eaten. And in July is the buck moon, because the bucks are growing new antlers. And then on August is the sturgeon moon, which is a large fish found in the Great Lakes. And they're easily caught this time of year because I guess they're coming out of hibernation. I don't know what's happening in August. Or they're mating. Maybe that's their mating season. So they're all together. And so they're easier to catch. That's probably what happens. I'm sure that they're in mating seasons. Animals are easiest to catch because they are in larger numbers together trying to find one another. Ooh, Yeah. And then the harvest moon, of course, is September or October. And then the corn moon is on September, which is the time to harvest corn. Delicious. So corn doesn't grow year-round. This is when they stop. Well, I guess this is the last time you can get corn before they don't grow anymore. And then the October is the hunter's moon because you're preparing to go hunting for the last time also to prepare for winter. And then in November is beaver moon because they're more active building their dams, their winter homes. The dams are for winter? I think so. That's what I like to believe. 
that the dams are where they live for the winter. I don't know if they live in the dams, but angry beaver makes me believe that they live in those dams. They become more active in building their winter dams in preparation for the cold season. But why do they need their winter dams? <sighs> oh, I guess it I is guess. to go hibernate. Um, they're just obsessed with the dams. And then December is cold moon because winter is beginning. January is wolf moon because the wolves are howling because they're hungry, maybe. Or they're calling for each other like it's time to go out and hunt. Or to get together and what's the other thing? And mate. Mate could be. It seems like mating would probably be reasonable around when animals are contacting one another. Yeah. And then February is the snow moon because a lot of snow. Well, the heaviest snowfalls happen in the middle of winter, which is usually February, around February. Sounds legit. Yep, yep. And those are the incredible names of each full moons. And... The moon is interesting because of what, how people all over the world see the moon as being something special. Like, like that, religions? Like religions and... Islam and old school Christians and uh, Native Americans and uh, pretty much every culture every that culture. was underdeveloped at some point. Yes. Indigenous people. Yeah, there's a bunch of themes and beliefs they have for the moon that they have in common. Even if they're not all, like, the exact same story told over and over, there's, like, themes that match around what the moon represents. The easiest one is, like, the phases of the moon symbolizing birth and death. Because the changing of the phase, the phases of the moon is, like, a cycle. So it's just, the moon represents many different types of cycles, like, that birth and death and creation and destruction and things like that it also symbolizes immortality and eternity because gods are immortal and so the moon is there's a, a few stories that have to do with the moon being a place where the elixir of life is at for some reason or at least in two stories there seems to be so i don't know why the moon has it but it has something to do with the phases of the moon like it's water because they can control the water on Earth, they see the moon as water as well. So it's the elixir of life itself. Like, it's the actual bottle that the gods are drinking. And people also see it as comparing it to the stages of humans' life. Like, the new moon is the infant, and the waning moon is the decline of life. Like, it's dying, then it's coming back to life. Like, you know, rebirth and that stuff and that stuff appears in many of their stories um many whose stories many different stories that i will talk about but first i want to talk about khonsu the egyptian god of the moon his name means traveler and he's also thought of the as a pathfinder and defender he guides and protects those who travel at night against wild animals and thieves and whatever the dangerous things that are out there Right, why do they believe that? Why do they believe he protects them? Yes. Because uh, he guides them. Well, the moon itself is guiding them. They're using the moon's light to help them. So they believe whatever is in control of the moon, which I guess is that God, it's him that's helping them through the moon. Got it, That's got helping it, got them, it. you know? Symbolism. Yes, yes. That's why I think a lot of people see with the moon is like it, it's symbolizing something else. It's not the actual God, but it's like the God has some control over the, the moon as an object. Yeah, like it's a celestial object. Mm-hmm. This God has is sometimes a young man, but sometimes he's a hawk-headed man. <laughs> what the fuck? Because a lot of their gods have... You know, animal heads. But I wonder, because he is also... A lot of whose gods? Egyptian gods. Oh, okay. Have animal heads. But they also show him as a young man, so I don't know about all their gods, but I wonder if they also have human forms and animal-headed forms. I don't know how... Because I know there's also there gods... There are animal-headed forms. No, I mean, like, do they have both? Like, this guy, he has both a human form... And then the hawk head form. Do all the gods behave like that? Because there's also gods that have three different body animal parts. Do they also have a human part? <laughs> or a complete human form? But I'm not sure about that. I'm just curious about that. Okay, and he's also the god of time. 
He's also seen as a god of healing. He's healed a pharaoh, or they say he healed the pharaoh. He also, before they saw him as this kind god that heals and protects, he was a bloodthirsty god who helped the dying king catch and eat other gods. Other gods? Yes, other gods. A god who would catch gods to feed to a king? Yes, a dying king. Why do they believe that? That was the story written super long ago. I don't know if they have the explanation for that, but that was like written on an Egyptian coffin thing. That's where they get a lot of these ancient stories. Man, I wonder if we truly understand what these hieroglyphs say. Yeah, like that's that's probably a problem. Like, are we reading them right? Are we reading them are at we, all? Are we making are we, up what we're saying? Are we making... Exactly, yes. Are we making... Because it's just pictures. Yep. Yep, so we're, uh, we're, we're applying meaning to pictures we find. We have people who believe they're experts at piecing together other people's pictures. Yet, to this day, we consider art up to interpretation. So how so, the fuck do we consider that not just to be up to interpretation? We just sell shit like it's fact. Huh. Huh. So I guess this story could totally be untrue. I mean, if people nowadays see him as a good guy, maybe he was always a good guy. And this one guy who read this story was like, nah. Or maybe he was always a bad guy. Or he was always a bad guy. And people just changed their opinion on him over time. Not necessarily mm -hmm. their opinion. Just whoever's reading the thing at any given moment because we don't know what it says. Yeah. Or even if it says anything. Or even it if could it could just be drawings. It could just be drawings. Huh. Maybe. And then there's Artemis, the Greek god. And also Diana, I think, is the other one. That's She's not Greek. She's um the Roman god. But they're almost equal in a lot of ways. They're pretty much symbolize the exact same things. Even though they're from different um cultures. They're from different locations. Greek, Roman. Yeah. So Artemis... Is a Greek god. She's the goddess of hunt, wilderness, wild animals, chastity, and the moon. She is the daughter of Zeus and Leto and the twin sister of Apollo. She's known to have the ability to give diseases to young women who disobey her instructions. But she also has the ability to heal young girls that were ill. So the god of women. Yeah, the god of women. Also, yeah. I don't know why she's the god of moon. I think somehow moon and women somehow relate. I just don't know how the two relate. Probably attaching menstrual cycles to it. Yes, that's probably it. That's a very important thing. In a lot of these religions and things, they connect the menstrual cycle with the moon. And according to a Greek legend, there was a the queen of Thebes. Her name was Niobe, who... I guess, made fun of their mom, um, Artemis and her brother. Niobe had more children than Leto, so she was making fun of her, I guess. And then the two kids decided, well, this isn't right, and then they murdered the her children. I like that story. She made fun of their mom because her mo their mom only had two kids, which is the twins. And Niobe, who made fun of Leto, had 14 children. So they murdered all 14 children. So now Little has more children than Niobe, who was making fun of her. Oh, this is a good thing or a bad thing? How, where does it stand with people? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's an interesting story. They're like gods killing other gods? Yeah. Well, no, Niobe was a, a regular lady. She's a queen of thieves. She was a queen. Niobe is not a god. No, she's a queen. She's human. And she made fun of a god. I guess that's the big thing. It's like, you don't make fun of gods. Or their children will get revenge. Naomi's children got killed. Yes. Got it. She had 14 children. They're all dead now. Or they're dead. Yep. So that's cool. I mean, Artemis had done a bunch of other violent things, but that was the most interesting one, I thought. Not very moon-related, but there's hard... It's like... For that one, at least. For her, I couldn't really find anything about the moon relating to her, but a lot of other gods definitely have stories relating why they are um, the representation of the moon or whatever you want to call it, the god of the moon. There's Mani, the Norse 
personification of the moon. He is the god of the moon, and he's the brother of the goddess of the sun, who her name is Sol. Both Sol and Mani are being chased endlessly by a pair of wolves. I think you know the story. They're destined to be caught and devoured by the wolves at Ragnarok. Because the wolves, I think, are the children of Loki. Yes. If I'm getting that right. That's right? Okay. Yes, I thought that was interesting. Yep. They're just constantly, they're moving around in the sky, running from the wolves. Okay, that makes sense. That's why they're moving in the sky at all. Yeah. And the lunar eclipse is thought of when one of the wolves was um, very close to um, Mani, the moon god. Like, he was about to eat him. Yeah. But, of course, he doesn't. So, that's why he comes back. But that's a really interesting way to explain that. So, he's not the moon, but it's interesting because he's not the only one who does this, but he's steering a chariot in the sky, and uh, which I guess is part of the moon, I'm not sure. (laughs) But he's not the only uh, moon god that's steering a chariot. And I forgot where that other guy was from. I think he is... The Hindu god, but I might be wrong. But I think he's also steer- steering a chariot. Which I don't know where they got these two ideas. They're very far from each other, aren't they? Hindu and I don't Norse. know. Where did Norse mythology happen? Where did it happen? In Norse. That's not a location? No. <laughs> In um Scotland. And the phases of the moon were said to represent his endless running from the wolf. You know, trying to avoid him. And that's how, why the moon changes. Because it's like, I don't know. He's guiding the moon. The moon is with him and it's changing its side depending on how he's moving. Right? That sounds right. Got it. So they're running together. Yeah. Okay. So there's many moon folklore around the world. Many. And we're going to start in Native American folklore. Native Americans see the sun and the moon as the leader and his wife, and the stars are their children. The sun loves to catch and eat his children, which are the stars, and they flee from the sky when, you know, the morning is coming, the stars are disappearing because they're running from the sun. And then at night, the moon comes and he's it's playing with the, or I guess she's playing with the stars, the children. While the sun is asleep. But once a month, she turns her face because she's mourning for the children that were caught from the sun. And when she's mourning is when it's a new moon. The new moon would be her turning her back, I guess, from the world because she's crying. You know? That's crazy. So they think the sun is a murderer. A lot of these stories, the sun is a murderer. When, and one of them, the sun is a rapist to his sister. Which is the moon. Yes. In Nigeria, there are people that believe the sun and the moon are husband and wife. Long ago, they lived on Earth. And then their best friend, the flood, came over to visit their house. And then... The flood? Yes, the flood. A flood. I don't know why they were friends with the flood. But it came over their house and they couldn't stay in their house because they would drown. So they ended up having to go into the sky. (laughs) And now they live there. So the flood isn't like their enemy? I would think it would be, but they considered it their best friend. I guess they don't think of him as their best friend anymore. And what Nigerian culture believes this? The ethnic Ibibowio people of Nigeria. Is that like a like a tribe? Is it yes, a religion? A tribe. A tribe of people in Nigeria believe this. A lot of these are from tribes. Another one in Kenya, the Luia the Luia people believe the sun and moon are brothers. The moon was older, bigger, and brighter, and the sun got jealous and picked a fight with him. Then, um, during the fight, the moon fell into mud, and that's why it's dimmer now. And I guess that also explains the darkness of it, you know, the spots they have that people see things on the moon, sometimes the craters. Yeah. Yeah, so that's explaining why the moon isn't as bright as the sun. So the moon is just dirty. Yeah. Oh, and also God told them to stop fighting and kept them apart by ordering the sun to only be around here during the day and the moon at night. Which doesn't happen. Which doesn't happen. Well, they try, I guess. I don't know. The moon and the sun are regularly together. Well, they're trying to fight each other again. But no one... Ha- I wonder if that's an eclipse for them then. is when the, 
they're about to fight each other again. Well, no, because there's many, many times that the moon is out during the daylight. But that's when it's going back home, or going back, is leaving while the sun is coming. That doesn't work that way. No? Well, that's what how they're seeing it happening. Right, but how do they interpret when it's broad, the middle of daylight? Oh, and they see the shadow of the moon? No, thing? they literally see the moon in the middle of daylight as well. I don't know. Maybe they don't see it as the moon. They think that's a different rock? <laughs> yes. It's a different rock. And then in well, in the Indonesia island of Hava, there are a tribe there that think there's a moon goddess who came to Earth to bathe in a lake. And while she was bathing, a man stole her swan feathers because she does the thing that werewolves do and she's just wearing a swan. I guess she was a swan when she landed. She took it off. She became human. The guy stole the swan feathers. So she couldn't leave back to the sky, so she married the man. So no more moon? Well, no, that's not the end of the story. And then um, she did end up finding her swan feathers, and now she can return to the sky, but she has children here, so she'll go back to the sky at night and then come spend the daytime hours on Earth with her husband and their daughter. Interesting. And does anybody believe they knew who this woman was? They probably know her right now. Like, she probably doesn't die. Unless there's a story explaining why she's not there no no more. Maybe they suspect someone to be her. Yeah, like, uh, the basically the difference between God and, like, Jesus, except it's continuous. So, like, God is up there, but randomly, he's not. So, sometimes people just, well, I don't feel the spirit of God. Oh, he must be on Earth today. Really? That's the thing? No, I'm using an example. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that would be really interesting if there were stories like that, though. But, but I thought it was interesting that she had a swan outfit. Like, I wonder how many different creatures they saw as just people in disguise. Or, I guess... Not in disguise, but rather the, the, the they have, like, a magic getup. Yeah. Or are they magical creatures that have human skin under their fur or something i don't i don't really understand how it works because she she's a moon but she dresses into a swan and then she looks like a human so when she's back like what turns her from one to the other taking it off she takes off her human skin and turns into the moon no putting i guess she's just human with powers uh. putting on the swan outfit makes her the moon hmm Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. But yes. But, but that's interesting that a bunch of stories ha- used to be like that. They don't, I don't think there's anything like that anymore. Like the werewolves came from stories like that of men with fur belts or whatever. And then they turned into werewolves. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, but And now they're just werewolves. They don't need anything. They just full moon. Hey, full moon. But, um, all right. In, um, in Siberia, the story of why the moon is scarred, they believe that it's fang marks left from this thing called Alkla. Alkla. I think that's how you say it. And he's a monster with huge black wings. He's the personification of the darkness of the sky. And he feeds on the moon every night. He's just slowly devouring it for the whole month. But the problem is that he can't actually eat the moon. Like, eating the moon upsets his stomach. So by the end, he ends up vomiting the moon. And then piece by piece, the moon comes back because he vomited out. And that explains also why the moon has phases. And then he eats it again. So he's eating his vomit, essentially. Yes. It's a sort of god creature that's consistently eating his vomit for all of eternity. Because it's delicious. It's addicting. It's the most addicting vomit he's ever had. It's the only vomit he's ever had. Yeah. It's been happening for eternity. Yes. It's the perpetual cycle of vomit eating. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. And But who knows, maybe it's delicious. I don't know, but he keeps doing it, so it must be delicious, right? And then in, in Serbia, they have probably what's the oldest explanation for why we say the moon is made of cheese, which is there was a wolf chasing a fox. The fox convinced the wolf that that there was a block of cheese in the bottom of a pond. And the wolf didn't realize that it was just the reflection of the moon. So he went to drink the pond and eventually he blew up. But he explains... He blew up because there were explosives in the pond? <laughs> 
He was just so filled with water. <laughs> he just kept drinking. He just never stopped because he needed that cheese. I don't know why he thought that cheese would be better than that fox, though. <laughs> like, fox or cheese for wolf? Maybe fo- wolves love cheese. Maybe wolves love cheese. Maybe that's their shit. That's, he exploded for that. He drank all that water for some cheese. What? Maybe cheese is rare for fox for wolves. Maybe cheese wolves, is rare for wolves. Don't they have good smells? Can he smell that there's no cheese? Not under the water. Mmm. <laughs> well, yes, he blew up, and it's amazing. And that's probably one of the oldest stories of why the moon is made out of cheese. Although I think people also see the moon as cheese somehow. Like, they see it as different things. They see different things on the moon. I guess, like, the craters look like cheese holes, but also a lot of people say the man on the moon. They see a face of a man on the moon. The super epic one time when uh, the the lunar rover uh, landed and it sent back that weird message, and they were like, what? And then they aimed the telescope that zoomed in like crazy, and they found a castle made of cheese, and the rover was like, I do not compute, and they were like, sir, captain of NASA, there's a a cheese castle up there, and we discovered the cheese people that day. Uh Uh-huh. I thought that we made that cheese castle. No. That had nothing to do with us. That had nothing to do with us. Wow. That cheese castle. We just have cheese people living on the moon. Cheese people living on the moon. Well, they're not people made of cheese. They're but not? we call them cheese people because they're people who make things of cheese. That's disgusting. They go out of their way to breed farm cows. So there's cows on the moon. Yes. On the dark side of the moon. On the t- <laughs> That's where they keep the cows. That's where they keep the cows. See, what people don't understand is that the moon isn't real. What? But then how about everything we just said? <laughs> Well, that's not the moon. The moon wasn't like a natural creation. The moon was put there. By them? By them. It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship. And they... That's why they kidnap our cows? Yes. The cows get taken to the moon to make infrastructure (laughs) with their milk. Why? Facts. You could go to the library of the Freemasons and find this. Nah. If they're stealing our cows, it's because they love cheese. They love eating cheese. There's no way that they need cheese to build things with. They eat their buildings. No. That's crazy. That's crazy. How did they get this far <laughs> if they're living in cheesy buildings? They also, they're aliens. They figured out the formula to preserve cheese forever. They love cheese that much. They're just obsessed with cheese. That's amazing. To be fair, if we travel far enough in an infinite universe, eventually, like, every possibility should happen. So there should be a region of space where there's a planet of people who build things of cheese. Of cheese. That should be a real thing. Like, just based on science. Yes. Mathematically speaking, the numbers tell us there should be somewhere in the universe Mm -hmm. where there are cheese structures. So that wolf wasn't far off. The wolf wasn't far off, I guess. <laughs> I wish. Where are these aliens? Where are they? Where's the whale alien that's just swimming through space, if you can describe it that way? That'd be awesome. Yes. Yes, it would. Like maybe it's out there and we just... Ha- we suck at looking at space. We pretend we we're awesome, we but do. like maybe it's floating out there and we don't even see it. I know. It's so crazy. There could be mad stuff. There's probably a bunch of shit living inside the meteor belt. Mm. Although the meteor belt is also not as close together as movies would pretend they are. Yeah, but they could be living in there. Mm. And we, how do we examine that? Do we even look at that? We can't really see anything in there. Oh, okay. So there could be things in there. What? They think there's a planet in there. They think. They don't even know. Nope, there's no way to tell. Oh, okay. It's one of those things that, like, there's gravity doing something weird there. Yeah, and then we were like, well, what could explain it? Boom, planet. Oh, okay. So, man, we suck. Especially looking at things around us. Like, we do a better job looking at other star systems. We do a really shitty job of looking at other star systems. We're worse at that. Really? Yes. We just happen to have picked something we could already aim at, but how much shit are we not aiming at? The further out, the less we could see. 
Oh, man. So is there a specific spot before, like, that is a perfect space that we could see of? Or is that not a thing? No, like, we everything just have, is just crap? Yeah, we just have certain spots that we favor. Okay. But we miss 99.99% .99 of everything in space. Of course. Even in the, our observable distance, we see almost none of it. Then why do we cry about there not being any aliens? <laughs> we can hardly see any. I don't any. know, because we, we, really we, <laughs> we figure they would come to us. I can't. Oh. Like, we just got blind, and we're looking around the room, and we're like, why isn't there anyone here? And there's probably someone right there yeah. trying to help us, guide, like, trying to walk us to the right direction, and we're not paying attention to them. Yeah. <laughs> In Greenland... The Inuits believe that their moon god raped his sister, the sun goddess, and that every night he chases her to possess her again. And he also, the whole time he's starving as he runs, getting smaller and smaller every night until he disappears. And then he slowly comes back to his full self in like, I think they say like three days, that whole time he's taking a break to eat and he's full again, which is another explanation of the moon phases. Interesting, but it takes way more than three days. Oh, it's not okay. How many days does it take from fifteen in 15. either direction? Oh, okay, yeah. On average, it takes about fifteen days for a moon to fully dissipate, and then another fifteen to come back. That's why there's only one full moon a month. Okay, well then he takes a fifteen day break to eat. And then he chases his sister, I guess, to rape her again. What a beautiful story. I wonder where they get that story from. How random. It could be anything chasing any anyone chasing anyone for any reason. Does it take 15 days? So he eats for 15 days, but he takes a three-day break to eat, to be full. And then he continues on running after her. That makes sense? Because you see the full moon three uh, for about three days before it's visibly shrinking yeah yeah so and during that time is when he's feeding to chase her again yay and then in africa there's several indigenous peoples around the continent that call the moon god mawu mawu and mawu's companion is the sun goddess lisa and oh and when they meet and make love they make an eclipse and also they created the world their son, Gu, is the smith god. They used him to shape the, the universe. And also, there's a serpent. His name is Da, who helped them during the creation. Which I thought was interesting, because you mentioned there's serpents everywhere in different stories. Yes. So, here's a serpent. And um, so, Mu was the goddess of night, joy, and motherhood. And Lisa was the god of day, heat, and strength. And in Aztec... There was a moon goddess. Her name is very complicated, but it means the golden bells. She was the daughter of the earth goddess and the sister of the sun god. And golden bells encouraged her 400 sisters and brothers to kill their mother. I don't know why, but she wanted her mom dead. But when she was planning, when she was about to do that, her mom gave birth to her brother, the sun god. When he was born, he was an adult already, and he saved her life. And then he cut off his sister's head and threw it into the sky, and it formed into the moon. How cool is that? So he turned out to be the killer. Yes. And also, are the brother and sisters the stars? Maybe. I feel like it. 400 sisters and brothers. I don't know what they were, but they must be, right? But what's the mom? Because usually they're, the mom is, everyone is something in the story. And in this Except one. Except the sister was not the moon yet. She was just the moon goddess. Or maybe she became the moon goddess after this. <sighs> Whatever. Now she's the moon. That's the important thing. She is the moon. We're trying to kill her mommy. And in Hindu, Soma represents the god of the moon. And he rides through the sky in a chariot drawn by white horses, which is similar to the Egyptian god. Mari from the Norse mythology also had a chariot, so I thought that was interesting that two different places had the moon on chariot, or the moon god on chariot. Soma was also named the elixir of immortality. That was the name of it. And the, only the gods can drink it, and it was stored on the in the moon. In? Yes. The moon is just an alcohol container? Yes. <laughs> and when the gods drink the moon, that's when the moon wanes. 
because the gods are drinking away some of its properties because it's it's the actual liquid in the moon that's being poured out into the gods. In New Zealand, there are people called the Maori people who see a girl in a bucket on the moon and their explanation for that is that there was a lady who was carrying a bucket of water to her children in a cloudy night and in a moment the clouds covered the moon and she tripped and fell so then she cursed at the moon for her falling and then the moon heard that and got angry so he it cursed the Mari people and then it grabbed the girl the it grabbed the lady and the bucket and threw her to the moon or i guess he kidnapped her the moon kidnapped the lady yes so that's why they see the lady with the bucket on the moon cuz she was still holding the bucket when he took her okay yes it's strange the different things people see on the moon yes it's really weird also when um the girl's upset she when she drops her bucket on the moon it rains that explains because they were explaining the rain and stuff on the earth it comes from the moon i guess to them and it's what the happens when bucket. it moon when it rains on a, a moonless day what happens when it rains on a moonless day hmm oh, they're like the moon is out there no matter what we're scientists like that you know it's there it's just hiding it's just hiding the Japanese people believe that the moon is a fortune-telling god. So the priests that want to fortune-tell would um, study the moon's reflection on a mirror because they believed if they looked into the moon that it would drive them crazy. So it's like a superstition about the moon. So they would just not look at the moon. Yeah, but just the reflection on the mirror because they thought it would drive them crazy because... Meanwhile, looking at the sun, A-okay. Yes. It's perfectly fine. But it's interesting because a lot of people think the moon drives people crazy. So it's a different story, a different version of That's how that. werewolves happen. Just like werewolves. <laughs> it's just people going mad. In Shinto, the moon god, Tsukiyumi, was born out of the right eye of a ancient being. And he, you, he used to live in he the heavens with his sister, the sun god, Amaterasu. <laughs> But she asked him to represent her to the goddess of food, whose name is Yukimashi. To celebrate, the goddess of food offered him a, a meal, and she created the meal from her mouth and nose. He thought that was disgusting, so he killed her. But then when his sister learned about what he did, she was so angry that she didn't want to see him anymore. And since then, the brother and sister live apart. And they take turns being in the sky. So, broken up family. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Such a strange... <laughs> like, he was born out of an eyeball, and he was disgusted by this lady who made food out of her mouth and nose. But I'm sure her nose and mouth would grow back. Like, she's the god of food. I'm sure the food is fine. Right. I don't know. But... Or maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know anything about gods. Well... <laughs> But okay. Perfection. The food should be amazing. <laughs> it should be. Like, she's the god of food. This is her thing. She's known for this. Why would you be disgusted? Like, why not at least give it a try? I would think you could trust it, but I don't know. Then there's um the Mayan people. They have a old goddess. I mean, the their moon goddess is an old lady. <sighs> her name is Ixshell. I think it means the lady rainbow. She was depicted as an old lady wearing... A skirt with crossbones, and she had a serpent in her hand. Look at that—a serpent showing up. Anyway, <laughs> she had the assistant sky serpent, whom they believe carried the waters of heavens in its belly. Because the moon and water, the serpent is carrying the water. Okay, and um, she also carries a jug filled with water as well, which she. Oh, who she um, uses to send floods and powerful rainstorms to the earth. So, yeah. They're all related, you see, in some little ways. But, okay. And then... I mean, most stories share an origin to begin with. There's probably, like, you could trace all of this back to a single point that then kept branching off into many different stories. You think there was one story once? Not literally one story, oh. but, like, many of these stories have a similar origin. 
Mm. So yeah. each area might have a bunch of stories that came from one point, from one observation, then the story got told and altered tiny bits every time it was told until different cultures around the same region had different explanations for the same thing. Yes. Yes, I think so. And and in um, China, in the ancient times, there were they believed that there was 12 different moons for the different 12 different months of the year. And 10 suns that were the 10 days in the Chinese week. The mother of the 12 moons was the same as the mother of the 10 suns. And at the beginning of each month, the mother washed her children in the lake in the, at the extreme western side of the world. Then each moon, one after the other, would travel to on, in a chariot in a chariot for a month's journey to reach the opposite side of the world. And that's where the suns will begin their journey. And I thought that was interesting. Chariots and all. Interesting. It looks like they're all Asian cultures that believe that, though, because the other one was Hindu, right? Yeah. It was Hindu. And what was the third? The first one was Norse. Whatever that is. Oh, crap. Norse as far. Yeah. And then there's this one thing that a lot of places have is the moon rabbit, which is people see a rabbit on the moon. And there's a bunch of explanations for this moon rabbit. In China, it's very popular. So the folklore began in China and then spread to the other Asian cultures. Story goes that the rabbit is seen as the companion of the moon goddess, Shang'o, and it's on the moon pounding the elixir of life for her. Hey! Similar to some other story, right? Okay. Yeah. The elixir of life. Which seems to be on the moon. Yes. In a castle made of cheese. In a castle made of cheese, yes. So this woman once used to be immortal, but was turned immortal for bad behavior. And now she's just trying to get back into the good side of the other gods by making this elixir and living forever. But like the first time she drank the too much of it and she ended up floating onto the moon. And then she made that her home. So now she lives there with a rabbit who's trying to come up with the perfect formula for this elixir to keep her alive forever. Interesting. Which it seems like it's still working. I mean, I guess it's like adrenochrome where you got to drink it forever. Consistently. <laughs> yes, consistently, or you will die. Well, it could be like the limitless pill where you take it and the effects are slowly going to wear off and make you go crazy. Oh, yeah. And so they're looking for the perfect one where you take it once and you're just good forever. Yes. Man, we got to get that. I mean, we're on the moon. No, we're not. What did you say we were? Dream? Um, no. I don't remember. The spirit realm? The spirit realm. What are we doing here? It, whatever. <laughs> and, um, in, Jap in the Japanese and Korean versions, the rabbit is pounding either ingredients for mashi or for some kind of rice cake. Pounding. What do we mean? It's fucking the, <laughs> the like, the stuff. Uh, I don't it's know. It's just fucking ingredients. It takes a bag. pounding, like jumping on it. Like with its pouncing, pounding. I the word is pounding, but or hitting. Maybe they see it hitting something like that. I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> pound. They excuse the word pound, but I think they mean hit or jump. It's hitting something, and that's what they believe it is. Okay. It's hitting a ball, which I guess you know. There's a ball in the moon. One of the you know. All the, well, there's so many blobs on the moon. They see one as a rabbit and one as whatever they think it is, whether it's the medicine or a rice ball or what was the first one? The elixir? Yeah, so the rabbit's up their fucking balls. Yes. And also in China, they instead of using the word the moon, they call it either the jade hair or the gold hair. Which are pretty cool names. Pretty cool. Well, the rabbit is not just seen from the Asian folklores, but also in indigenous American folklore. There's a bunch of stories, and they're all so similar about, like, the rabbit is sacrificing its life, usually, and it ends up on the moon somehow. And also further in North America to Canada, they also have a rabbit story who with a rabbit that wished to ride the moon, and that's how the rabbit ended up on the moon. So there's a bunch of places. How did it get to the moon to ride the moon? Um, that bird, the crane, flew it there. That's how it got its super long got legs. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So bird flying to the moon and so all. So China, is, I mean, the Asian cultures aren't the only ones that see the rabbit 
a bunch of other places see the rabbit. So there's a lot of consistency. Chances are it did be these very similar stories began in as one and then yeah. sort of evolved depending on the culture. <laughs> okay, so that's it for now. I think that's enough moon stuff. And I know there's a lot, but I tried my best to give as much as I can. Yes, very fascinating. It's crazy how many different cultures have. But I guess all cultures had to explain the universe one way or another. And before science was like a sure thing, because there were science-minded people, but yeah. science wasn't really a thing. Yes. So and I think before I... science became a thing, people just had explanations. They were always mystical. They're always mystical, yeah. And I think the moon is just really interesting because of its whole face thing. It makes it much more interesting than anything else up in the sky. It just looks static. Yeah, everything looks static Even or the shiny sun. or whatever. Like, yeah, it's just really big. But the moon has got that interesting face thing going. And way more visible. Mm -hmm. The moon is clearer than the sun because the sun is too bright. And the stars are... Some too dim and too small, whether dim or not. Yeah. And they're, both of these instances, the sun and the stars, are very static, while the moon has phases. It moves around the sky in visible ways. And we can see a bunch of crap on it that's not even yep. there. Even with, like, WAG telescopes, we can see pretty well. That's pretty awesome. But anyway, it's time to close the show. It's time to close the bag. What is it that they say in Comic Central? <laughs> Time to close. Uh, no, it's a plug bag. <laughs> it's a plug bag. It's time to close the plug bag. Oh, no, it's time to open the plug bag. No! I did the opposite that they do. Okay. <laughs> it's time to open the plug bag. No. Okay. Anyway, you can find more things like this, I think. Have we done any things like this? Well, we've gone all over the place, so you can find other things. Yeah. The, it, I, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned the moon before. Probably not in great detail, but it's come up before for, for different reasons and because uh, of aliens and, and space travel. And werewolves. And werewolves and probably demons. And, uh, you know, we handle things in outer space because it's part of our job. Yeah. What we do is deal with uh, space creatures. Mm -hmm. and uh, interdimensional beings and things of that nature. Yeah, that's all we do. And we got Mars and some stuff on the moon and apparently the moon castle with... Cheese some, castle. It's a cheese castle where there's aliens. Anyways, you can find all that stuff on the official website, greythoughts.info or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Just Combo Pod. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And let someone who might like the show know about it. Yes, because word of mouth is extremely powerful and very important. And this has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal, and thanks for listening. Bye! Bye. question i've never considered creator i always yeah. just considered when thinking of atheists i only considered god like what would some knowing all-knowing creature be and how would they react to what we consider reality as humans and the only thing that makes sense is atheos yeah if there is something that made us whether or not they made everything they are or not that made us is there if there's something that's everywhere all the time yeah. And knows everything, it can't give a shit. And that's yeah. how Atheos came to be. Because good and bad doesn't make a concept of something that is all of the above. Yeah, so then he is, he did create everything. I don't know if he did create everything. I know he knows everything. So he just, he popped up the same time as we popped up, though. Because he was there to measure everything. It, I'm very Judaistic. Judaistic? I'm very much of a Jew <laughs> when it comes to the belief that... What happened before? We don't know. What happened after? What happens after? We don't know. That's irrelevant. Yeah. What's happening now? I know he's that he's he's watching, watching. like Santa mm -hmm. Claus or yes. some shit, and he's 
not judging no. you're good or bad, but whether, for whatever reason, you're not being you. And he's not judging. There's just rules that are set in place universally that when you don't please you, you're miserable. It's kind of like you're judging yourself. Yes. Giant mirrors being held up. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you are God, so yeah, it works. It's very interesting. <laughs> you can picture Atheos essentially being a scale. Mm-hmm. That's where the chains came in. It was just balance. You bring it down anytime you do something counter to you. And he's a scale? He's a scale. Are you maintaining the balance of who you are? Mm-hmm. Or are you? Because you can't fully indulge in anything either because then it becomes meaningless. Anything you do fully in one direction just becomes normal. You don't want that. You need the balance. But who are you as a balanced person? Yes. Because everybody's balanced differently. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. If you're not keeping your balance... So, Atheos is the scale by which you balance yourself. Ooh. So, he looks like a scale ball? Like, we could picture him yeah. as a scale. Like, we could picture the spaghetti monster as a spaghetti. Well, I wouldn't picture <laughs> this. I, I find the irony of that religion funny. But I don't really... i rather use the word pastafarianism because the flying spaghetti monster is, although funny, the reasoning behind the belief system is pretty solid. Yes. It's actually really rational, minus the whole jokes on God part. Um, Same with Atheos. Giving him a visual is a weird thing. He's a concept, not a being of any sort. Well, people like putting cons. I know. I'd rather use a symbol to represent him. Which is the scale. The scale would be the symbol, exactly. Yeah. Not who he is. Not who he is. But if you like to picture him, it would probably be a person because it's easiest to it's imagine. It's easiest, yes. Mm-hmm. It's easiest to imagine the cliche old guy in the sky looking. But yes. Atheos is n- nothing but a concept, a thought, an idea. Mm-hmm. A philosophy. There you go. It's a philosophy, a philosophic way of thinking of a god. The same way that the flying spaghetti monster is a philosophic way of thinking of a god. Not shaggy. Shaggy. Well, actually, all things considered, because if you think of the idea of Keck, what makes sense about Keck is that we all have a crazy, psychotic kind of side. Yeah. We suppress it for social norms or whatever, and some of us feel comfortable doing that. Others don't. I like chaos. I enjoy chaos. I Normality bores the shit out of me, and I die a little on the inside if I have to be normal. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that, but chaos is amazing, and testing people and pushing them to their limits and seeing where they stand on something. I love that. The concept that if that brings you pleasure, you should do it. I like that. The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor and published by Great Thoughts. Info, art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, including CEOs of businesses, psychologists, authors, musicians, travelers, people suffering with physical and mental illnesses, and everyone in between. Where we speak about a large variety of topics, including music and movies and pop culture, but also some more controversial topics, including drug reform, political correctness, and many more. No subject is off limits. You can find us on all the usual podcast places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And you can follow us on all the usual social media places. And to be clear, I don't expect everyone listening to enjoy every episode of my show. What I do think is that due to the wide variety of guests and topics, that there'll be at least one episode that each person listening will enjoy. So if you still appreciate the art of conversation and want to hear honest conversations with interesting people, then be sure to check out Genuine Chit Chat in all the usual places.